Welcome back to Not Your Average Keto Podcast. Today's guest is Trudy Ann Tellus. Born and raised in Bombay, India, Trudy Ann now lives in Vancouver, British Columbia. Always in love with masala chai, she started making chai for her son's saxophone teacher to brew at home. Since then, she has perfected her blend of masala chai and developed several other teas and spices that are organic, dry roasted, and hand blended in her commercial kitchen. Trudy Ann first came to my attention when I heard her on Keto Woman Podcast, and I was motivated to talk to her about her recipes, teas, and spices. We don't talk much about her personal history, only because she covered it all on the other podcast. So if you want to hear more about Trudy Ann, please go listen to Keto Woman Podcast, episode 125. Trudy Ann offers teas, spices, a cookbook, and online cooking classes. Soon, she'll be offering Zoom meetups. So if you subscribe to her newsletter, you can keep up to date on what she's offering. You can find Trudy Ann at her website at trudyannschai.com. So great to talk to you today, Trudy Ann, and welcome to the show. All right. Thank you so much, Jennifer, for having me. So I'm actually based in Vancouver, British Columbia, and uh, I've been living here about 14 years now. And prior to that, I was in the States. And uh, I currently own and run and manage a a chai company and make healthy um, organic teas, cooking spices. So I'm a real big foodie. I've had a cookbook and I just love food. I but I have a lot of um, medical challenges, um, which are definitely a challenge because it forces me to think outside the box for food, so to speak, and how to recreate um, foods I enjoy in a way that you know, I can enjoy them and eat them without them spiking my blood sugars. I am diabetic. And so um, how, how over, overall, though, how have you found keto? It's been a process. It's been great for me. So to get in a nutshell, I, the, the entire story of uh, my whole health journey, and I don't want to go through all of that again, but it is on my website. It's definitely in the Keto Woman podcast. It's up on the fasting method. It's in a bunch of places. It's a pretty unusual story because I got hemorrhagic pancreatitis um, in my 20s and, you know, gained a lot of weight and um, was eventually, you know, went from medication to insulin when the meds stopped working. But the insulin didn't really do anything except uh, the uh, it caused me to gain lots of weight and joint aches. And basically the more... Um, insulin I needed, the more weight I gained and the less it worked actually. So, um, uh, so in frustration late night, I did a search for foods I like to eat because I was eating really healthy food anyway, at, uh, uh, once I was diagnosed as diabetic and I discovered, um, things like diet doctor, Megan Ramos, Jason Pung, you know, all the, the regulars and became a podcast junkie and keto has been great. But for me, it's, pretty challenging because I am not, I'm a skinny diabetic. So I'm not really here to lose weight. I'm like, um, but to um, overall improve the functioning of my pancreas. So what I currently do um, is that I fast anywhere from, it used to be, it's a gradual thing. So I do, I did intermittent fasting, you know, eight, 16 hours uh, after 16 to 18 hours. Then I made it 24 hours. Then it was eating uh, four days a week. So it's always changing. I feel like I'm always changing my, um, my fasting regimen and my, 
feeding regimen to kind of trick the body. But um, keto is working. Keto in intermittent fasting, low carb, low glycemic index foods, they're working in that. My A1C um, went up, went from 10.3 to to 5.8, and it's uh, my fasting sugars go uh, anywhere from 4.6 to 6. So that's pretty good. That's you know, terrific. From, uh, I live in uh, I, in the U.S. It would be something like uh, from 80 to maybe 140, but most of the time it's under 100. But I'm very. Uh, it's all about what I'm eating, when I'm eating, and uh, and I pretty much don't cheat. We're in the midst of this uh, Corona pandemic. Right. Have you found that you've had any problems sticking to your your keto way of eating? Because I know a lot of people, you know because it's just everything's so upsetting and up in the air and we don't know which way is up. You know, they've tried and, and found that they're eating a lot of comfort foods. So how, how has that affected you or has it affected you at all? So uh, very interesting. I, when the, when the, the fires first came out, I went to my favorite site, which is Nourishing Traditions by and Western A. Price Foundation, sorry, Western A. Price um, and uh I, you know, started reading about um, foods and what to eat during this uh, uh, pandemic. And one of the things for me is that over the years, I mean, and and I know from uh, the other podcasts I've been listening to that people who are metabolically challenged like myself really need to take better care of their health. Like, so one of the decisions I made was I was already doing the fasting and doing everything. And I thought, why don't I up what I'm doing so that my blood sugars are really healthy and I have a lot of good fat because, as you know, the virus attacks the lungs and I, and I've, I've been taking a lot of good fat to protect my lungs and eating really good food so my body is actually very healthy right now. So pre-virus, gearing up to you know, eating, um, fasting longer. So I just decided to do longer fast, like three days, five days. And when I eat, I eat really well. And other things I find, I decided to, I'm hearing about people are in their pajamas all day long. I'm the complete opposite. So my routine is I wake up anywhere from, if my body wakes me, I'm awake by 4.30 to 6.30. Anywhere in that time frame, I start meditating. Um, I don't necessarily walk first thing in the morning because I need my caffeine first. So I will meditate. I have the same routine. I'll make sure I've dressed up. You know, I'm, I'm, I, I don't want I wear, save my sweats and pajamas for, you know, when I'm done working. I find just mentally, if I do that, it's putting me in a better uh, um, a frame of mind. And also the days I would ordinarily have gone for a specific exercise group, I'll just go to the park and do it on my own. So that really helps me combined with the fact that I'm, I'm, I don't, I never keep foods in the house. I can't eat anyway. So that's helping me too. And I, and developing recipes. So I'm using the time like, okay, develop recipes and put them on my website. So people have access to, even if they're craving, you can, you can eat the foods that are acceptable. Yeah. So, I was going to, I was going to ask you about your business. How has the whole, pandemic thing affected you with your business so it's very interesting that definitely freaked me out in the beginning because I you know lost a lot of money because I was supposed to fly I usually go around the country like uh, New York um, in the spring I'll be in New York for a tea festival so the company is it's got my name Trudy Ann and Chai Trudy Ann's Chai and Spices so I'll go to New York 
And Toronto and I spent a long time, uh, a few days, you know, in uh, I would have been a week there. So there's definitely loss of income from the airplanes being canceled and all this stuff. But part of what I do when I go to these places is I'm telling people about my online cooking classes because I do have online low-carb um, keto uh, Indian-style cooking classes. So so what I, what I found that I, I did reach out to my customers and I said, sorry, I can't be there. And because I have, and I gave them, you know, good deals like free shipping on this and a sale on my site, I, I'm finding that my online has really picked up and customers are awesome because I have a few teas, like there's a turmeric ginger tonic, which is awesome for things like inflammation, which I needed that tea for me. That's the reason that tea came about because I had awful in, insulin, sorry, awful inflammation thanks to the insulin, like serious joint pain. And that tea was like, I, I blended it for me. And then a lot of other people have been, you know, they they need it now to become their tea medicine, so to speak. Like, I like to tell people I'm a medicine lady. I'm not like, I don't have any medical degrees, but I'm a med- like I'm a magician with herbs, you know, I, I figure it out. Oh, I'm so, so I'm so fascinated in talking to you about herbs because yeah. herbs and spices, I just, you know, I have that feeling that there's a lot I'm missing there that would be so good for me. So I really want yeah. to dive into that. And I'm really interested oh, totally. in, in your turmeric ginger. Now, when I've had like tried like ginger teas that are kind of like a commercial blend, you know, from Lipton's or celestial yeah. seasoning, the ginger I find is really overwhelming. Now, how is it in your, in your turmeric? So, so for me, you know how I look at my, the, the funny part is so for me, I look at the tea like a work of art. It has to, I don't put any perfume in my tea or artificial like uh, drops and, you know, flavors. So what happens with me is when I taste other teas, like from big brands, often um, because they're mass producing, they'll put these, like say they'll say it's apple, but it's actually, they'll write flavor. So I get, I get like a physical reaction to it. I don't like them. So in my turmeric ginger, there's actually a fair amount of ginger, but it's not overwhelming. So I made this like a really nice balance where it's turmeric, ginger, holy basil, and licorice root. Licorice root actually can help people who have low blood pressure raise their blood pressure. I hope I'm getting that right. I think I am getting that right. Yeah. So um, if you, if you, the longer this tea, and it's also, it gets sweet. So basically, um, yeah, it, it, ele- it can elevate blood pressure, licorice root. But I made that tea. It has many benefits. I did it for as like a throat relief. So if you go to my website, uh, there's just the right amount of uh, turmeric because a lot of the turmeric uh, teas that I taste, they're like really chalky because there's a lot of turmeric in it. But on my website, I actually have a um, like a turmeric ginger tonic latte. But you know, you have the option to add more ginger if you like it gingery. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. What about, and, have you yeah. ever tried it in like a, an apple cider vinegar tonic? Uh, yeah. I just started doing, I started doing that actually when I started the longer five day fasting. Yeah. So I, this is about a year ago. It's funny. I blend these teas, right? I've already blended them. And then suddenly there's like a new scare or something and that becomes your favorite tea. And I'm laughing because I already have all the remedies so i had i have a tea which is called uh elderberry elixir so it's got elderberry hibiscus cloves orange uh peel and cinnamon and it's like a i love it but it's a little bit tangy but what i discovered was that i 
do like I make a concentrate out of it and the recipe is up there on my website. If not, I'll make sure it's there. So I'll like boil it for a really long time and I'll do like a shot. I'll do like a shot of uh, the elderberry tea and then I'll add some soda water. I have a, so- a soda making machine in my house or you can get soda, but I just, I drink so much of it that I have a little soda making thing to so add some soda, a tablespoon, or you can do a teaspoon of apple cider vinegar. I either put um, Himal- a pinch of Himalayan salt or I put a little bit of lemon, not a lot. I love it. And it fills me up. And I know it's a tonic too, right? I know that can also help prevent me from getting sick or if I get the flu, it helps me recover faster. Oh, it sounds, it sounds but, brilliant. Uh, it sounds like something I'd really like it's, to try. It's, yeah. And the thing is, you can do this. Say, you don't have to get my tea. You can do this with any beverage. You can just get soda water. Uh, you can just uh, put turmeric in it. You can play around. You can put spearmint. You you don't have to. You can just play around with any tea you have um, lying in your cupboard. But uh, that's kind of I just use my own because I like I like what my you know I love my own tea. So. Of course. <laughs> so, um, but the soda, but the soda is yummy. I mean, again, it's an acquired taste. I would not put any sweetener on this. I would definitely do it like a, like a, like a you know, a savory kind of drink. In India, we have a, and you can get it at the Indian markets, there's a little um, a thing called black salt, which is a lot of minerals. It's got this yummy, I don't know, it almost tastes like there's cumin and pepper, but there's not, I don't know. I use some of that sometimes, but definitely uh, curbs my appetite. And drink it through a straw because of the apple cider vinegar. Yes, because it can it can harm your enamel and your on your teeth if you drink it yeah. straight. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I'm really interested, too, in talking to you about some recipes. Um, you mm-hmm. do the, the online cooking classes. Tell me a little bit about yeah. that. So, um, so when I discovered, after I discovered um, keto and fasting, and I was like, wow, they, they told me I'd be on insulin for the rest of my life, and I only take it on weekends. So I take it not even every time I eat, and I went, I have to help people. There's, I'm not vegetarian, but there's so many vegetarians that come to me and go, oh, Trillian, what can we eat? We're vegetarian. And how do we get our protein intake and all that stuff? So I, when I kind of, I'm a kind of person, when I decide I'm going to do something, I just go full on. I can get a whole curriculum done in a month. It's just kind of what I did. It's like, okay. And I was going to be in India anyway. So in Goa, actually. So I basically spent two crazy days filming and, uh, and it's not just cooking classes because let's be honest, you can get any keto recipe you want on the internet for free. But what I've done is I've sort of put links and ties to other people and sites. I'm not getting paid by any of them. It's just, I really believe to make this successful, you do need to get the right fasting books. And I do give you tips on, you know, I tell people my entire story, how I succeeded uh, and and what I'm offering because of the virus and people being indoors and I want people to succeed is I'm at the moment offering like a 40 minute one on one coaching with people. And I'm, I'm even hosting a free Zoom meetups with me. So I just decided to add that on to the class just while people are struggling right now, because it's no point taking a cooking class and really being at home and, and being paralyzed because of either depression or fear or I don't have this food, I don't have the funds. So I wanna I wanna tailor it to people and I can do it over email or the phone or or these Zoom meetups. So it's kind of fun. We do breads, we do so I did all the trigger foods first, but in the keto way, you know? Right, right, yeah. Mm-hmm. 
So things like uh, pancakes and breads were trigger for me, chocolates, and I did fat bombs. But I did it in a way that I don't want to punish people and say, okay, you have to eat keto now and you can't have these things, which, which is silly. You know, we all need to, as Dr. Fang says, you need to uh, fast and feast and back and forth, right? So um, uh, I also have uh, Indian dishes. Like I teach people how to roast spices from scratch, make their own curry powders, how to make chai from scratch. We do things like uh, masala, omelets, curries. I actually can't remember. There's like 13 different recipes and it's about a little over an hour long. But the bonus is that they get a lot of extra recipes and then they get to do a, a one-on-one coaching with me. And I figured that's that's a good start for people. And those who've taken it have been pretty successful even for weight loss and reducing their A1C. So that's oh. the cooking and it's available right now. You just need to go to my site and click on the link, create an account. And then once you've taken it, I think people need to try it on their own and then book a session with me for coaching. Right. But that's, I'm including it right now. So I'll definitely put in the show notes a link to your, your website. So awesome, people, yeah. so people can check that out. Now, mm-hmm. can you, can you give us a recipe or two? Like what's, yeah. what have you been working on? So one of the things you mean right now? Sure. Let's just, um, just wing one out. <laughs> okay. So I actually have two. Oh my God, not two. I have so many. Actually, it's funny because um, I actually have a little bit more time, not because, well, because of what's the situation. And I thought, okay, so let's, I finished making most of my product for the entire year because what else was I to do, right? And now the next on my list is just, you know, people can say, hey, can you create this recipe for me? And I'm going to just, I can do it fairly easily, but I want to do it in a way that it's affordable for people. And one of the things, so for those, I'll get, tell you a couple of things, okay? So say if you're, if I get the fasting stuff out of the way. So one of the things I do a lot of is bone broth. And, oh, uh, bone, I got to tell you, bone broth yeah, is tell a me. total, total mystery to me. Because I'm, I'm Why? not, I'm, I, I'll tell you, I'm not a soup person. I've had this conversation with a lot of people, I got to tell you, because it comes up a lot on podcasts and and, you know, we're talking about on Facebook groups or Instagram and people are all like bone broth is so fantastic. And I try and make bone broth and it just comes out horrible no matter whose recipe I follow. And I was trying to figure out why. And it's, I think because I'm really not a soup person. And I think I, that's why it's just kind of preventing me from making some good bone broth. So mm. that's, that's something, maybe it's the seasoning, maybe it's too bland. So what are you, you doing? Tell me what you're doing to you. I'm curious. And then I, I'll... Think, I think I, the recipes that I followed, you know, you take your um, whatever bones you're using, whether you're using chicken bones or um, like a, mar- a beef marrow bone. And, I, you know, you, some of them you roast them first. Some of them you don't roast them. So I've tried it both ways. And then you put it in your pot with water and maybe like an onion and then whatever spices, you know, salt and pepper and um and like that and then you you uh bring it to a boil and then you simmer it for a few hours and then if there's any foam gunk on the top you you take that off and then you cool it and it should be a nice gel on the top which and I've even gotten that far you know I get the nice gel but then it just tastes like blah, you know like so mm-hmm. I'm thinking maybe it's my spices and this is why you know I'm coming back to this herbs and spices I'm just not getting it not getting the, the herbs and spices to make the most out of my food. So I can help you make up, up it. And again, so, cre- 
So the credit for the original recipe goes to Sally Fallon, and I'm sure from Nourishing Traditions. And of course, I tweaked it with all my spices and everything. But, uh, you know, it's it's something all our grandmothers made. But here's what I do. So I will get like a whole chicken carcass. And it's what? It costs a, even an organic one. I paid the other day at the farmer's market. I paid $10 for one. And that's going to get me like 8 to 12 cups of broth. So... I put the put it in a in a pot with usually I start with about sixteen cups of water and then it boils down, right? I put about I think it's a third of a cup of apple cider vinegar and I let it sit and you know, apple cider vinegar because because the acidity breaks down the collagen and so you're getting most of more of the nutrients. I, I think that's what it is because even growing up in India, my grandmother always added that apple cider vinegar to any stews that we were doing. But nobody tells you why. But that's just I think why we can double check the science behind it so in goes any leftover ends of vegetables like onion uh, celery carrot i use the white onion um so i let that so the apple cider cider vinegar sitting for uh, um, uh, 30 minutes add my vegetables and usually I, I collect all the leftover end bits when I'm cooking I put them in a bag and stick them in my freezer and then on, on broth day which is kind of every 10 days I make broth uh, that goes uh, into the pot then to make it just easy you can just get like I put salt pepper you put the spices I, I, I first bring it to a boil and then people, I simmer it for 24 hours. And I know some people do longer. But the longer I simmer it, the more delicious it is. And you'll get this thick, thick gelatin on the top, right? When you're done, like right. I get several inches. I strain it, obviously. And it'll come down to like a, maybe eight cups then. But when I drink it, I'll do a half a cup of broth and a half a cup of um, water. But here are the, the flavorings. So I'll do salt. Usually it's just salt and pepper, ginger, garlic. I make sure there's a lot of ginger and garlic and it's just like, you know, it's got 24 hours to simmer. In my garden, I usually have her whatever herbs I have. They're like thyme, oregano. It, it doesn't matter as long as I have ginger, garlic, I throw it in. But I think you'll find when I don't simmer it that long, it doesn't taste that good. It just tastes flat. It has no taste. Mm. But what, what you can do, because you don't like broth to begin with, I would add, like for you, like your broth, add it to your food, put some mushrooms in it, put a little bit of cream, not a lot, just a little bit, um, uh, uh, like add add some of that chicken back into it when you're eating it and make it like, uh, you said you don't like soups, right? No, I'm not a soup person, but I'm thinking now that you're talking, maybe I'm just not putting enough like garlic or ginger, whatever. I'm just not putting enough in. Because it's maybe it's losing, and I'm not usually using fresh. I'm usually usually dried, using dried. Usually, it shouldn't I'm make use- too much of a difference. I use about yeah. two pounds of chicken when I'm making it. Yeah, it's, it is medicine, and now with the virus, it's the medicine anyway. But when when there's a this any any kind of flu season, I I kind of never get sick because I have this broth every day. There's not a day. Sometimes I don't have the broth. If I don't have the broth, then I have green juices. And I'll tell you about that too. I will definitely, definitely post this recipe. I've been so delayed in posting it. I actually took an entire video of me posting this, uh, doing this broth. And I haven't got around to putting it up. So, but yeah, I definitely think, post that. Yes. I think, I, sorry, go ahead. I need a better tutorial on how to make bone broth. Um, 
So <laughs> I think you're not putting enough bones or try chicken broth. Chicken broth, I think, is way tastier than bone broth. For me, mm-hmm. I just like the taste of chicken better. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And in our family, they don't have the, I drink the broth. The rest of them just, I see them adding it. You could just add it as liquid. If a recipe needs liquid, just put that in there. You know, if yes. you're making like cauliflower yeah. rice, you need liquid. You just want that liquid there and you want the fat. You want to get, yes. you want to mix all that fat back in. Don't be afraid of yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. But it's a oh, good. Oh no, I've... no, definitely not. So you said you you make green juice. What is that? So on my fasting days, because I get when I do. I, okay, so I have a very tiny pancreas. So remember, I talk, said I have pancreatitis. So basically, two surgeries over ten days in intensive care for two months. Most of my pancreas is gone. So most people are, are type two. They have a pancreas. It's producing insulin. It's just got damaged by years of bad eating. So uh, over the years of research, I discovered like uh, certain um, uh, uh, foods that are great for your pancreas. You know, it's great for insulin. They just, uh, it's a lot. So these are the ingredients I use mine. I have a recipe for this one. It was up there because I sort of, when I do long fast, I alternate between I'll have bone broth every day and every other day I'll have like a, a this green juice. So I have a cucumber, um, one cucumber, um, uh, two, two celery stalk, a little bit of a bell pepper, a little bit of any veggies like greens, you know, spinach, one kale leaf. I don't use a lot of kale, um, some parsley or cilantro, lemon juice, and a little bit of ginger. Um, and then I juice it. And to that, I might, because, you know, I take my vitamins on my fasting days. So I'll add a little teaspoon of chia seeds to this and nutritional yeast. Nutritional yeast, I believe, has a lot of chromium in it, which we need. And oh, uh, yes, we yes. should definitely double check some of the things I'm telling you to make sure, yes, it does have a lot of chromium. I'm pretty sure it does. My body craves it. I, I'm, oh, oh, and then adding to that, I also add, it's all on my website, okay? I add like sometimes flaxseed uh, because of the fiber. I'll add um, about a half a teaspoon each of spirulina, chlorella powder. I'll add a little kelp. So it's like a powerful superfood. And I figure if for the whole week in five days, I'm going to have a couple of cups of these, these green juices, my body's happy. Mm. And someone, oh, it sounds fantastic. And because, it sounds fantastic. It's so healthy. Mm, uh, yeah, maybe you like this better than you like your broth, but you can add your broth to it. That's an option for you. You know, yes. I think, yeah, I think that that would really work for me. Now, when we were talking coming up to doing this podcast mm-hmm. and I was, we were talking about recipes and I said, what about leftovers? Yeah. What, you know, what do you like? Cause right now people are having money problems because yes. a lot of people aren't working and they're trying to get by. on you know whatever and you know what are we doing with leftovers can you give us some ideas definitely and I'm just assuming that not everybody who's uh, listening to this podcast is diabetic and so ultra sensitive like some of us right so I sort of um I I have a lot of friends from the Gujarati community in India and uh, they uh, they 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 have this one Gujarat is just north of the state is north of um, uh, where I come from, which is Bombay. Oh yeah, I am originally from India. I don't know if we mentioned that in the beginning. I think I said Vancouver. <laughs> yeah, minor detail, but yes. So I'm very influenced by <laughs> by Indian cuisine. It's sorry, it's hard to pay attention, but my accent will usually give me away. Um, Pretty much, yes. yeah, yeah. <laughs> not my name because of you know the British and col- you know not the British, the Portuguese, British colonization, all that kind of stuff. We all we are like a I I 
I'm Catholic, actually, my family. Anyway, um, so the Gujarati community, they, they have this great dish, couple of dishes. One is mutia and the other is dokla. So dokla is one of the easiest, simplest, most economical foods you can get. So I would say the recipe, again, is on my website, but it's basically um, sprouted mung bean. And instead of, if you don't have mung bean, you can use like different kind of low-carb lentils. You just want to soak them. You um, and do these. Uh, what I use, I soak and sprout, and there's a link for soaking and sprouting on my website. Um, and this is all free, you just go to my website. There's just so much information because I really believe that food is a, is, a, is a better cure than all these fake, you know, vitamins we get not fake, but you know, the other stuff. So, in the dokla goes, I, I, uh, I sprout it, it takes about two days out here in winter, then it all goes in my mixer blender. I add a little bit of water, maybe a couple of tablespoons. I got to see what the recipe, whatever my recipe said, a quarter cup of water. And then I start grating things like your leftovers. So, so let's say, what do you have in your fridge right now in terms of leftovers? Um, I have uh, chicken, mm-hmm. definitely have chicken and some beef. So you can do the chicken and beef if you want to. Totally, you can do it. I tend to, Dokla tends to be vegetarian and I, don't know. I and the reason it's vegetarian. The dish is vegetarian. Is people we take it as travel food. So say you're going on an India train journey in the old days, even today. You know, it's a it's a long journey. It's um, even here in North America, it's a long journey. So dokla is a great travel food. But if you put the uh, meat and the chicken, it's not going to become a, a good travel food. Oh no, yeah. absolutely not. So yes. what I put in mine, I'll put like zucchini. For I make separate ones for my kids. I'll put like things like carrots in them or higher carb like yam and for me it's it's zucchini ginger i always do ginger uh, cilantro and it's the actual doklat so then you then you steam cook it so i just have a big right. a very big pot and and i'll put like a wok put water below i put you can put like another pot you can rest your your tray where you've spread this dokla mix right you know with your sprouted mung the zucchini whatever else like you could put cauliflower you can put kale i'm just sort of off the top thinking of leftovers it just becomes like everything goes in there you don't have to worry too much about uh, flavoring the actual mung and i'll tell you why so i just steam it in about 20 minutes it's ready like it, it, you know you steam it for 20 minutes uh, and i take it off the stove and you can cover it it'll still cook um i just do a simple topping you can use like any kind of you can use like a sauerkraut if you want i sauerkraut doesn't go so well with it you can do simple coconut chutney or fry some uh, sesame seeds and coconut be careful about too much too many onions because onions do tend to have a you know they get a bit sweet so i'm traveling my palate for savory and this this then I, I cut it up it's like a little bread pancakes you can even do uh, add flour like almond flour to bind it together you can put an egg if you find you want it to be like just more binding and you could kind of make a bit of a dumpling out of it yep you can make them into individual little um, little bowls and make them individual. It'll be so cute. You know what I mean? Yeah. Not cute, but right now we have the time to be creative, you know? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's cute. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. But it's a very, it's very uh, low carb. Oh, I have the carb count. I'll just tell you, I'm looking at my site right now. So it made, my dish made 27, 24 servings and they're big, generous squares. It's like maybe a, a, a carb. I mean, sorry, one, yeah, one gram per square so i'll eat this instead of bread i you can put anything on it and it's cheap it cannot be 
expensive. Mung is so affordable. Uh, most grocery stores will sell that. Uh, they'll sell like, yeah, you can get yellow mung. If you don't want to use mung beans, just use cauliflower and steam it. Do the same thing with cauliflower. Cauliflower, what a head of cauliflower will be. What is it out by you? I'm just curious. Um, the last one, I, uh, well, I'll tell you, I never buy anything pretty much unless it's on sale. Um, but I mean, at this time of the year, um, when like everything is like from last year's harvest, I think they were probably going for about $4. Yeah. For, yeah. So for those people that have dehydrators, here's an idea for you. Do you have a dehydrator? I did, but I, I got rid of it. So, cause I was never using it. So. I'm pretty frugal. I grew up, you know, where we had ration uh, ration cards when I was young in India and, you know, people stood in line and all of that. So we were used to just buying things seasonally, making chutneys and pickles. And I don't know if it's frugal or just like there's kale in season. Let me buy it. And I, I actually make kale chips. We, uh, there's a recipe on my, <laughs> and I do it in my dehydrator, but I have a lot of kale chips. But But with the same recipe that I gave you with Dokla, instead of steaming it so you could do i maybe i wouldn't use the mung unless you cooked it for that recipe so maybe you know cook your mung and then add it to all your leftover vegetables and you can actually put it in the dehydrator and no need to refrigerate it so what i do is when i travel so that i have control of my food <laughs> in the days before the virus you know when we could travel i traveled with my kale chips and this um, the the dehydrated these vegetables things things wow that sounds fantastic but it, yeah it's a routine and you are saving money people tell me how oh, keto is expensive no it isn't because i eat organic i eat good food and i shop very sensibly right when yes yeah oh i, I hardly ever buy anything unless it's on yeah. sale and then you can get and i think actually we talked about this before um because i had posted a picture of this salmon <sighs> that i had i had uh, got at the grocery store and it was like it was just going out of code and so it was like it was unbelievably it was like a an eight dollar piece of salmon that they were discounted to like a three dollars or two dollars or something like that so i had like literally like twenty dollars worth of salmon that was only five dollars wow and those were like the 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 nice pretty fillets but now my grocery store, and I think your grocery store set d- does the same, is they sell what they call salmon trim. Mm-hmm. So yes. that's when they're yes. w- when they're cu- they're cutting up the salmon, and they they take it take these little bits away from the the pretty looking fillets, and then they just sell it for like a third of the price. Exactly. And it's it's still salmon. It's the exact same salmon. It tastes exactly the same, and but it's a third of the price. So you it, can get you know a good amount of salmon. Um, which otherwise, you know, you might not be able to afford to eat. Yeah. I mean, I like I don't buy it unless it's on sale or discounted. And then I'll find like a package of chicken or something that's like, um, you know, three or four dollars off and I'll throw it in the freezer. So, yeah. And my free usually have all of, you know, this um, stuff in the freezer so that uh, I'm not paying retail price. Who can afford to yeah. pay retail price? Yeah. Honestly, I'll see these package of chicken for twelve dollars and you get these, you know, four little right. tiny Sad, sad looking chicken breasts and I'm like who pays so, for this yeah, stuff like, exactly mm-hmm. the other day I was gonna I wanted to make butter chicken I was craving it and I have I actually have a recipe book as well it's called Trudian's uh, Masala Kitchen and I have sorry uh, I have a recipe you know talking about seafood for pickled prawns and then how to preserve things like prawns and 
let some food last longer. But um, I basically, sorry, I got really sidetracked. I was, oh, the, the butter chicken. So I saw the price of the chicken, which was fairly expensive. Like I needed two packs. I just got a whole chicken for $20. It was organic and all that. And then I made this, in, I, I changed the recipe to make it a roast butter chicken. And they're still eating it. Like they got three meals out of it. I mean, I unfortunately only ate once because then I had to fast. So, <laughs> you know. Wow. Yes. Oh, speaking, we're talking about sauerkraut there for a second. We were talking about kimchi before. Because I had told you that I was interested in making my own kimchi. And I think you said you had a recipe for that. I do. And I apologize because I didn't get that ready. But I will. How about I get it ready and and post it for you? But it's fairly simple. It's cabbage. I put some, um, you have, you know, a little bit of salt. And you pound everything. You really pound salt, you know, a spring onions. The actual kimchi recipe that I have is super complicated because it's from a friend in uh, Korea where they actually have kimchi making parties, you know, and then they. That's right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I saw a thing and I was looking up kimchi online and they will do like a like a big thing, like everybody in the area will get together and they will make kimchi yeah. and they, they will, they get it for like the people that um, like the homeless, not homeless people, but the people that are living in poverty so that they have kimchi pretty much for yeah, the year. Exactly. Yeah, right? exactly. So, I was, I'm trying to find like, Oh, I have a simple kimchi recipe. You no, know, I'll have to find my recipe because I definitely have a lot of uh, kimchi recipes, but basically I'll you, you can even put bok choy in your kimchi. Again, it's leftover like, you know, Napa cabbage. I like Napa cabbage, daikon radish, scallions, garlic, ginger. And then uh, the Koreans have this uh, chili powder. But honestly, because of my pancreas, I don't try to do a lot of um, uh, very spicy food. It just, you know, I, mm-hmm. I will be back. I mean, I'm so sensitive. I will actually be back in hospital with a flare up. But it's that serious. Yeah. Yikes. Fish sauce. Yeah. This is super simple. And like, say, four tablespoons of the, the hard uh, salt, the, the Himalayan or the rock salt. And you're just like chopping yeah. everything. This is like just, I'm just telling you in a real uh, quick way, right? Sure, sure. Yeah, uh, yeah, but yeah. You, but yeah. you can make a paste with your like ginger, garlic, your onion, your uh, fish sauce. And you have to make sure whatever we're getting doesn't have added sugar. Like, I don't know. I don't think fish sauce does, but I don't know. And I basically have it in a big bowl, like all of the cabbage with all of this daikon radish and uh, bok choy. You know, everything's in a big glass bowl. And I pound it. I pound it, uh, the whole thing. You just keep pounding it like you're angry with someone and you pound the, the, the kimchi, right? You can use a rolling pin. I have an yeah. actual mm-hmm. pin just for this purpose. And you want the juices to come to the top and you leave a few inches uh, below the top and there's all these gimmicks on the internet where you can get a I just use a cloth for the top and a rubber band over the over it and I usually leave it out for um, like you know two to seven days sometimes somewhere in the middle and then I put it in the fridge and it'll 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 start getting okay. it's so easy and it's so cheap what is big head of la- cabbage I can get one for five bucks five six seven yeah it's, yeah, it's based yeah. on weight and you're going to get a lot of kimchi. I will absolutely post this. I Since this week, I have time. And I, I have some. Yeah. Mine is not bright red, only because I don't really want to burn my the pop, what is left for me. No, no. But every, 
but we need this every yeah. single day we need this in our with our food every day i'm also very lucky because in vancouver one of um, there's a there's a couple of vendors that i know at the farmers market here at least three or four and they all make kimchi but if it's too spicy then i end up i buy stuff for the family just to support them but i'll end up eating my own version without too much yeah. Yeah, I'm getting really I'm getting really interested in fermented food. So that's why I was kind of looking at kimchi. And were we talking about something lemon else pickle. now? Lime, we talked I'm about lemon pickle I think because I had just made one. And right. I, yeah. I, I give me give me some time. I'll get all of these. That's pretty easy. No, no, there's 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 no rush. It's good to talk. It's just to yeah. talk about, you know. What was there was there a beverage we I think were talking we talked about? about the I'm, the you know, I am actually known for my chai, like Indian style masala chai. So yeah. a lot of us that fast, and I want to, I want to really touch on this because I'm in a, I'm a part of the fasting method with uh, Megan Ramos, and I'm in a, yeah. Oh, that's so interesting. Great, yeah, but, uh, but I'll get. Let me not get sidetracked. I want to just talk about the, uh, the 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 cream component. So what I what's come up in a lot of the the groups I'm part of over there, people you know want to reduce your carb intake and how cream like cream we put in our teas and coffees you know they really they can impact your fasting blood sugar they can impact weight if you're you're looking to lose weight basically my diet and someone who's looking to lose a couple hundred pounds it's the same the only difference is most people when they reach their goal weight they can maintain and eat more i'm never going to have be able to do that unless Chris makes a miraculous recovery. So one of the things I were, you know, was reflecting and like, oh, the last thing for me to give up, I've given up a lot, was cream. I'm like, I need my cream. I'm a real snob about it too. I'll go, people come to buy my tea and go like, I have almond milk. And I'll, I'll just look at them and go, well, I have full fat cream, you know? And then about yeah. a month ago, I, I went, okay, when you're taking this cream, it's, you know, you're, I can't have something else I want to have because this is used up carbs. So why don't I just try it? So I started doing black tea and I did uh, just coconut manna, coconut butter. And again, I'm careful because I don't want to overdo that because it can get addicting. So I, I put like two teaspoons for my two cups in a, in a little plastic, little tub. And when it's over, I can't eat any more cream, right? It's gone. And it's made a huge diff- difference in my fasting blood sugars. And I don't, I, I okay, I'm lying. I, I'm sure if I was offered as a treat uh, cream in my tea, I will take it. There's no question about it. But it can be done. I'm just here to tell people yes. that try, don't try something hardcore unless that's the way you like to do it. I'd say try it with like maybe almond milk first, you know, because I don't think almond milk will, mm-hmm. a little bit will impact, at least in my case, it doesn't impact my sugars as much as dairy did not raw dairy okay raw dairy is fine but you know in canada it's illegal to get raw dairy unless oh, you yeah. own a it's cow it's really hard to come by like you, you, yeah or, exactly well, or you're friendly you have the right farmer, friends right? i have some yeah. good friends you know i make lotion with it yeah okay maybe maybe we maybe we have to edit yeah. this oh, yeah, part out so I'll, get, I'll get into trouble <laughs> but but yeah <laughs> No, I think we're good. <laughs> you don't drink it. You I just make, make lotions out of it. Actually, that, that's I do fine. make I do make yeah. lotions with all my free time right now. Yes. <laughs> but but go. anyway, so um, I have now I for about six weeks now no cream. I've stopped the cream. 
I'm okay. I I would definitely have it, but I but that's what I wanted to tell you that I make this chai and I've been doing. I, I was tying it to fasting because my tea does help me fast. The chai, you know, and coffee. Now, what's in oh, chai? What's so in chai, chai actually just means tea. It in 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 uh, oh, okay. in uh, China they call it cha. Most c- cultures call it cha chai, something like that. Cha, in, yeah. uh, in what we make is masala chai, but masala simply means a mixture of spices. So right. I have yes. different spices in my different blends. So in this particular chai, I put the spices I like. So cinnamon, cardamom, cloves, ginger, pepper. I also make it caffeine free and it's awesome for just general regular sore throat flu season. I even have a recipe, I think, to make a like a throat gargle somewhere on my site for when your throat's hurting you. I have a tea for fasters. I don't want to call it the fasting tea because I don't believe in a gimmicky name for for a product. But it's called the soothing tummy tea because I would have a lot of nausea when I fast. But it also helps people who have horrible stomach pain. It helps new moms um, with their nursing because it settles the stomach and then the baby's stomach you know, is getting that through the milk. So that is very fennel-based. That's not at all heavy spices. That's lighter spices, sweeter. You know, like star anise and right, okay. it's got cardamom. Yeah. Yes. Um, oh, yeah. That sounds. That I used sounds to. Great. Okay. So I used to full disclosure. I used to have like, uh, like, uh, like a, a maple cranberry with actual maple nuggets. But then it's still mm. good. I still yeah. have it. <laughs> it's low carb. But at the moment, I've, I have like a few leftover bags. But that's just on hold because I figure, you know, I should keep having products which have sugar, even though the sugar is made by my friend who actually makes the maple nuggets for me. So it's the cleanest if you're talking mm-hmm. about a tea. And I was there cutting the cranberries by hand. You know, so, yeah. So, right, But I right, don't right. do now. My teas all have to have a purpose. If they have no purpose, I'm done with it. So it's just very, um, I'm very, uh, my my business has changed in that I, with the teas, I'm definitely listening to people. If they say, Trillian, I have this problem. There's no tea that can help me. I will custom blend for them. Within reason, you have to be a really good friend right, for right. me to do it. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Have you, fa- I was going to ask you, I thought of this when you were talking about the cream. Have you found that your inflammation has decreased since you cut no, back on the cream? No, my inflammation decreased once I started no. fasting. That's actually right. what did yeah. it for me because I was not having a lot of cream. It was three tablespoons a day. I, it was more for my, okay. and trust me, I love cream so much that I would have taken the in, inflammation pain. You know how shameless we are, right? We people, okay. I'll get yes. Hey, be honest. Let's just be, hey, honest, be honest, right? You know, that's, that's, a, that's a good thing, but right? The yeah. only thing, listen, I have tried everything in, in terms of for my diabetes. Like every single herb I had to eat, almost, I did it. Teas, so I have access to the ingredients. So what I was, I was like a guinea pig. I would play around with herbs and I still am for the diabetes. But when people come to me and say, give me a diabetes tea, I said, no, you, you've got to do the tea in conjunction with the fa- the fasting and the, the clean diet. But, um, so for me, when I started, um, the fasting brain fog, you know, my, my brain is like, I'm not in a, in a fog, and my pains, like I had uh, the hip pain, my thumb, it's still there. Like I still have a little bit of pain because I'm not insulin free. I still have to take insulin. It's just part of my life. It's like I'm probably going to need it. I will have to take insulin my whole life. And if not, I'll come and share it on your podcast. That would be great. 
that would be that yeah. would be something but um yeah you know i do have keto desserts on my on my website i have non-veg i have some non-keto recipes too because you know not everything is a, and and for me i'm not so much about oh it's keto this keto that you have to be just clean just eat clean and before you buy another gimmick product try the try you know eating less i think i agree with you that it's really the whole unprocessed clean foods that we really need to be looking at, especially kind of going back to all of this COVID-19 stuff where they're finding that the people that are at high risk are the people that have all of these metabolic issues. And it's not just having a a keto diet or a carnivore diet or any particular diet, but eating clean, um, unprocessed foods. So I can give you a Um, quick list of foods I think will help people. It's it's just uh, from my research and it's, Things, well, I already told you about the bone broth, like coconut oil, the unrefined, like put that in fat bombs. I've got recipes in my cooking classes and online for that. There's, it's everywhere, fat bombs. Uh, liver, organ meats, pate. If you don't like, uh, uh, you know, pate, uh, pate is nice because you can d- disguise it too. You know, there's ways to disguise it, yeah, with oh. cream cheese or something. But uh, one thing, I, I have oh, raw, uh, raw cheeses. I tend to not eat uh, the super processed cheeses. That, that's why, um, that's how I have my dairy. I did, I just bought some mm. halloumi, um, which is also made from sheets and goat milk and ca- a little bit of cow's milk. And I'm going to try, I guess you can, you can kind of, um, yeah. fry it yeah. or pan fry it. I, it and it, and it so doesn't melt. Like you, if you, tr- you can, if you try to cook like, you know, cheddar, cheddar cheese so, it would melt all over the yeah. place but the halloumi uh-huh. will stay in in its shape i i remembered one thing that you asked me to talk about which we never got to which is the spice combo you asked me you said people oh, need yes, to figure yeah. out you know what to put how to combine spices so a very one of my go-to every day and it tastes so good is i'll use whatever i'm making i use salt pepper turmeric uh, it's like my go-to. I, I even, um, so pepper, turmeric, cumin seeds, salt, and lemon juice, a lemon rind, and then olive oil or whatever oil I want to add. That's my go-to. If I use these four or five ingredients, I can't go wrong. So the same thing, the salt, pepper, turmeric, cumin. If you want to do a salad dressing, add a little bit of tahini and uh, lemon juice to it, mustard, and then you have your salad dressing. You can use, mm-hmm. add yogurt to the basic mm-hmm. thing that I gave you, either coriander, cumin, that's one, like a tablespoon of coriander and a quarter teaspoon of um, cumin powder. If you com- And you can get this in any grocery store is going to have those two ingredients. It's not, and if not, an right, Indian yeah. market will have it. Any Indian market. That kind, of, that kind of brings to mind something else I've been thinking when we're talking about spices. How do you know when a spice is gone off or it's gone <laughs> stale or whatever? Like, Smell I, it. I mean... If I go, I go and yeah, it should be like a fairly, not powerful, but it shouldn't, it should so have more, a good It's smell more than that. It. So I, I have about 10 different spices and I actually, what I do is I get whole organic spices. Most of them come from Sri Lanka and some come from India. I roast them in a huge commercial oven. So I do have like a big kitchen I rent. I roast everything and very few people do this. So I roast it in the, the in the, the oven that preserves the freshness of my, then I grind it and it takes me, it's a very long process and tedious too. So my spices, even if you go to them, it's, it's, you know, you put them in a drawer, you come back, they're going to smell fresh and you will still 
uh, and because I've roasted it, there's not much you have to do. Just add them to your food, even just in, in a salad dressing. But the ones in the grocery store, because they're mass producing right there in every little grocery store in the country, they're not, they're just powders that they, that they grind. And they've been sitting yeah. for so long to sell it yeah. to you for $3. They're using, it's old right. and they bought it super cheap. Yeah. Mine are very expensive. Yeah. How about... How about places like the bulk bar? I don't know. Like how how do you I, think I, they I I don't know, and no? I'm very cautious about uh, you know. To, uh, yeah, I don't know. I honestly, the only spices I've used now are my own. Of someone back home makes because oh, mine, are, mine are just yes. this is such a nice variety. Or or what I'll do is yeah. say a recipe, ask for some ingredients. I'll just go get, and I always have the whole ingredients on hand. Staple things to always keep in your kitchen would be. You know, the Himalayan salt, whole peppercorns, um, turmeric, you can get the powder. I used, you can get the root, uh, lemon, always have a lemon on, on hand, coriander, cumin, and cinnamon. Cinnamon is nice. You can sweeten up a recipe um, with that. So, um, you know, when you talked about halloumi, what I do with the cheese is on the days I, want, I eat, I eat a very fatty foods. So I'll beat up an egg. And on another thing, I'll have like a little um, almond flour or coconut flour or something, a little bit. So I put maybe some, some that same spices in my egg batter. You can even use smoked paprika. It's a nice thing to have in, on hand. I dip the halloumi into the egg, the, the flour back in the egg, and I fry it. Oh, my God. That's my Ooh, weakness. No, I, I do that. I will that. do it. I am... I'm, I'm yeah. going to try that Should tonight because I've got the halloumi. I've got, I've got almond... Almond flour. I've got an egg, and I've got some spices. Two oh, would turmeric. I put turmeric in everything, but don't overdo it. Do like say you're making a huge uh, <laughs> yeah. with your with your halloumi, right? So you're probably making it just yes, just, not just for your family. Use use about yeah, an yeah, yeah. eighth of a teaspoon. Don't use more than an eighth, or maybe okay. a quarter is also yeah. too much. Yeah. Do you have any smoked paprika okay. in your house? Okay, I so do, you yes. don't even need the turmeric in it. I would just put, don't, the problem is when people use yeah. less is better. So then it's like, we call it in India, gadbar. Gadbar means a confusion. There's like a gadbar of spices and, and then it's, nothing's tasting good because there's too much. So just a little bit of smoked paprika, right. like, like a half a teaspoon is enough. Because the cheese itself, you want to okay, taste the yeah. cheese, not the paprika. Yeah. So that's what we yeah. have to remember. Yeah. You know, like I make a lot of pork belly and uh, on my when I feast. So, um, so when I do my pork belly, I will just uh, I um, put salt and pepper and I cook it in beer, uh, uh, but over three oh, hours. Wow. Okay, I'll put the recipe uh, up for that too. <laughs> I, I made uh, what, what kind of it's like a, what kind of beer know, do you I, use? Because I, I don't drink kind? alcohol. I have to write it down. It's like uh, I had to ask my husband <laughs> what kind of beer. Okay. He says, get a single bottle, 650 milliliters of any kind of blonde or amber ale. There you go. And okay, yeah, when we cook yeah. it in that and every 15 minutes I baste it in the fat and it's very crispy. And yeah. Hey, oh, who said keto you to make sacrifices yes. and not eat well? Like, I eat no. really well. You yes. Know? And I think, actually, I think that that's one of the great things about keto, especially that I've noticed is that people seem to be much more interested in what what they're making and you know things about spices and vegetables and flavorings and how you know you you want to it to taste yeah. good you know you're just not interested in the sugar factor or how fast yeah. you can get it on the table 
you know, does mm-hmm. it taste good? And I was talking about this um, with Justin, I think. I was ta- telling him about this ratatouille that I had made. And honestly, between chopping everything up, and I'd never made it before, honestly, so that makes a difference. I mean, it took like, it felt like it took two hours to get this ratatouille made because it was mm-hmm. a lot of chopping and stuff like that. But then I did it again. And I got a little quicker at it and because I knew what I was doing a bit more. And it got a little bit a little bit quicker. The process was I knew what I was doing, so I felt a lot more confident about it. So it's really just getting into the kitchen and, and cooking and practicing. And it's just the same as any other skill. Right. Cooking is a skill. So that's just something yeah. you need to practice. So I hope that people will do yeah, more of that. Yeah, we have the time now, right? This is a good time to do things that we're scared of. Like in our family, every, everyone cooks. But one of my sons, he's like... He's well, a little terrified because the three of us, my husband, Madison, and myself, we, we, we are not bad cooks, right? So he's like, oh, I so get so intimidated. I said, well, why don't I help you in the kitchen and just do like one new recipe a week? So it's not, and you're not here to impress anybody, you know? So sometimes it's just, you know, the no. fear of starting something that paralyzes us. Yeah. I, I don't think you can really go too wrong if you find something new that like I had my halibut row and go online. I mean, it's in the grocery store. So obviously people do buy it and eat it. So go online and see what you can find. If you see an ingredient at the store that you think looks good and you would like to experiment a little bit or, you know, troll the internet and looking for new recipes. I do that a lot. I've got a bunch of cookbooks that I'm looking through the recipes and I'm picking out some, some things. I tried um, a new salmon uh, patty that actually I got from Dr. Jason Fung's uh, cookbook, and I had tried some uh, chicken pad thai. Oh yeah, thai I do pad thai. Oh yeah, I have. Patty. I do. So yeah. there's how I'm the opposite. When I when I whatever I do, I go on the internet just to look at oven temperatures. Uh, uh, you know, that's it. Mm. I never ever ever go and look at an actual recipe, and the reason being is then I'm not making it my own. So what I try to do is just say. Okay, what would that? But you know, I I know herbs and spices, so I can do that. But typically, I tend to stay away so I can be creative. And if it's a new recipe, I have no idea. Of course, I'll go. You know, because I don't want to just copy some. I like to make it my own usually. Yeah, but right, pad thai yeah. is yummy. And I and I'm I'm not so much like that. I I don't like to experiment right. a whole lot because I've had oh. too many times where it just didn't turn out and. You get you get frustrated, and I'd I'd rather find a recipe that somebody else has made, and and at least I know that somebody's made it and it worked out. And if I you know follow the the recipe, it should turn out for me too. So I I'm just really I haven't gotten away and experimented a whole lot with different flavors and like Asian mm-hmm. foods and Indian foods and um, things like that and. I've kind of really stayed within kind of the staple, you know, 10, 12 recipes that I've made, you know, that my mm-hmm. mom used to make and I've made kind of all of my life and not really gone outside of my comfort zone too much. Um, like when I've gone, you know, gone out to eat, you usually try something a little bit different that you, you wouldn't normally make at home. But then I've never really tried to, you know, duplicate that at home and make right. something different. So 
so that's kind of what what has happened to me with eating keto is I'm kind of more interested in looking yeah, at different for sure. ingredients. You know, right now, speaking of, it's it's actually pesto season because there's a lot of, you know, as uh, as summer approaches, we will get more basil and spinach. And the other day I got all this kale and I didn't know what to do with it. I mean, I did know what to do with it, but I experimented. I made a kale nettle pesto with like a bell pepper, some garlic, tahini, same, the same things I'd put in a salad dressing, but just, oh, it was so good. I am going to be posting these as well. There's like a basic pesto recipe right now. Oh, that's... And I always add nuts to my pesto to try to get some of that um, protein. Mm-hmm. So I have two pesto recipes up on my site. People just have to Google it. It's all there. Do you use pine nuts? I, nuts, I say for really special occasions because they are very expensive. And if I tell people that in my recipe, no one's yeah. going to my website. So I <laughs> tend to use pumpkin seeds because they're high in magnesium. So... Uh, uh, walnuts, yeah. uh, sunflower seeds. But again, I soak everything and then I add it. And mine are very simple. It's just like either cilantro or parsley. I tend to do cilantro usually, some nuts. So either pumpkin or sunflower, garlic, olive oil, my, that pepper recipe I gave you. And then you can add whatever, either spinach or kale or um, nettle i never knew what to do with nettle but stinging nettle is apparently really good you know for you i don't think i've ever seen nettle anywhere before oh goodness oh that's probably the great thing about um in the area that you're in because they have these great farmers markets and you're getting so much fresh produce so they don't you know where it depends on where you live if they've got that they've got that and hopefully kind of going forward now with the the virus that Hopefully things will open up a little bit more going into the summer because I, I know a lot of people are getting really yeah. anxious about that. I know I am. So anyways, I think yeah. we're going to have to wrap this up, Trudy, because we're, we're way past an hour. And I knew that we would be because we just have so yes. much to talk about. So but this has been great. It's been fantastic thank having you. you here today. And I, I really love talking I, yeah, to you. Thank you for having me. And I'm quite excited to see how your your podcast evolves, actually, because now it's so new that it would be amazing to see how you and your podcast evolves and the recipes too yeah oh thank you so much so i will put your uh website address in the show notes. thank you and hopefully we can get lots of people to go and and look look you up and maybe try some of your try some of your recipes and uh order some of your delicious tea i know i'm going to and and i think we'll have to yeah and if i can uh, if they subscribe to my newsletter i can give them the link to join my free zoom podcast not podcast zoom meetings where people can bring up that yeah whatever zoom Zoom with the chai lady or i don't even know what it's called but that would be i can message Ah. them with the link yes yeah yeah. Okay, perfect. So if people go to Trudy Ann's uh, website, that will be in the show notes and look for her yeah. newsletter. And then she will uh, email you with the Zoom meetings for her. Uh, what are you it's doing just with for your people Zoom who are again? feeling the social isolation. They can, you know, they can be together in a group. My primary focus was I'm not going to worry about money right now. I, I, it'll come. I just want to be there for people. So people are depressed, lonely. They, they should, they don't have to be, they can be together. you like, we can all be together, talk about yeah. your food issues or share a recipe. So lots of stuff we can do and it'd be fun to make it fun. Oh, yeah. that sounds perfect. Yeah. Perfect. Perfect. Okay. Thanks so much bye. Take bye. care.